Mike, turn your games down. Harvard, episode 228 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, who's watching Fires with me tonight. I'm Bill Tucker from A Gamer Looks at 40, and I am the fire starter. Twisted fire starter. <laughs> I'm Ian Bauer, and I don't have any exciting ways of introducing myself. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> and Zach Check. And welcome, guys. Ian, I know I've had you on a few times. Bill, you're on here a lot. <laughs> and I, Zach, I welcome to the show. Hey. So we are here for a smaller game, kind of, but... One that I, I definitely felt like I, I needed to replay and I wanted to talk on here called Firewatch that was developed by Campo Santo and came out in two, 2016. OK, so I did not play this when it first came out because I didn't have an Xbox one at the time. I don't think I got one later. I played this once on PS4 a few I want to say right before the podcast started. So maybe that was like 20, not 2018, 2019 and I played it once. I enjoyed it. Didn't remember much about it. And then this was my first time picking it up again. Oh, what about you, Bill? I played this. I don't remember the year, but I played it on PC whenever it came out for that. I, I had a string where I was really playing a lot of the walking simulator genre, which we'll talk about. Of course, this game is one of those. And I, I remember really liking it. I, I had a it's a it's a very interesting game. We're going to talk probably at length about you know everything going on here. It's a very simple but very emotionally complex game. And I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it was fun to revisit it. I, I popped this on like once a year, just kind of roll through, walk through the countryside. I don't know. Walk over rocks with space bar. I don't know. But it's, nice that, though. it's a very pleasant <laughs> experience. So uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you exactly when I played it, but uh, this is definitely not my first experience. And what about you, Ian? So uh, I remember when it was first announced, and I want to say it was like 2013 it was announced. And it came out on PC first, but I'm not a PC gamer. And I was like, oh, that looks really cool, but I, I don't have the equipment to play it. And a couple of years later, it must have been 20. It, it was like fall 2015. It was announced that it was going to come out on the Xbox. And uh, the day that it released, I had a friend download it onto my, onto my Xbox while I was at school or work or whatever I was doing at the time. And they played all the way through it. Before I got home. <laughs> oh, my God, this is great. And I was like, oh, oh, well, all right, I will tell you what I think. And I ended up playing all the way through because I think it's short. It's only a few hours. But I liked it so much that when Limited Run Games released it as a physical copy, I, I mean, I was on as soon as those opened up. Boom, got it. And I have it, a physical copy of it for PS4. Nice. Limited Run stuff is always cool to have. Yeah. Oh, what about you, Zach? I was trying to get into walking sims, trying to branch out away from typical games I like to play, and saw that it came out for Xbox, so I picked it up and played it. Okay. This, I think, is the first walking sim I ever played, or very close. I want to say I probably played this before I played What Remains of Edith Finch. I haven't played many walking sims. I, I play a lot of walking sims, I, I because I'm an old man and I have no time for 100-hour <laughs> for games. <laughs> So I, I anything that requires me not to be, you know, have any skills or like <laughs> really need me to like be gameplay focused. I like walking sims. I'm obviously joking. I I love the intersection of story and game and, and what makes I guess what makes a game a game. But what level of interactivity is required for a game to be 
to not cross over to the world of just, again, an interactive story. Um, I, I don't. Yes, go ahead. Can I ask? So what do you consider a walking sim? So I don't love the term walking sim in general. I, I yeah. you ready for the ready for my very corny. I let me. I got to remember. Sure. I will always oh, say my, my seatbelt is on. I am ready. Let's hang on. <laughs> hold on to your hats, kids. Uh, I like to call them uh, story driven interactive experiences because I think that's kind of what they are. Walking sim implies that you you just walk and do nothing because you can just walk and do nothing. It's perfectly fine to walk and do nothing. But I think in these games, the goal is to drive a story forward while giving you the bare minimum. There are walking sims I don't like. I don't like Dear Esther. I think that game stinks because you can't interact with anything. You just walk like literally you cannot pick up a cup in Dear Esther. Oh, that's okay. Because. So the fun. let me ask you this. Do you consider something like a short hike or Kentucky Route Zero in the same genre of games? I, I've owned both. I have not played either. They're on my, no no, no pun intended, short list of uh, <laughs> things to play. I, I, I'm constantly playing things for either this show or my show. So <laughs> yeah. I, I am, uh, I've yet to play those two, but they're on my, because I own them. Yeah. Until you just mentioned that now, both of those games I really enjoy. I, I wish they would cut maybe a, a little bit of the, the time needed for uh, Kentucky Route Zero. But man, both of those are, are fantastic. And until you mentioned that, now, like kind of thinking it through and talking, do they all belong in the same category? I mean, they're not at all similar, you know, uh, uh, gameplay wise, but maybe I'm getting too off into the weeds. No, no, you're fine. It's, it, but... No, I mean, it's just it's a I mean, this game, I mean. Firewatching games like this are very well defined. I think it's more a first person is what is more of the walking sim idea, I guess. Yeah. Is the more it, way to put yeah. it? Yeah. It's, it's a not... first person game where you don't have a lot of control or you don't, you're not like the point of the game isn't to shoot things. It isn't to, you know, murder stuff. It's to, to run through a story and explore the world. the world that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, the, the term is very loose and I'll, sorry, I'll oh, God, uh, yeah. chime in, but the, the story, the, t- the term is a very loose one, and I, I think that's why I don't love it as an overall blanket, because you could have a game like uh, Brothers, I think it is, where there's puzzles and interactivity. Could you call, like, Limbo a walking sim? Like, you usually just no. walk, yeah, but there's puzzles involved, and so it, that's kind of the level. Like, I always think, like, Beginner's Guide, Stanley Parable, Edith yeah. Fitch, of course, is probably the high watermark of the entire genre. Yeah, games of that nature that really limit interactivity for in service of a story. Um, everyone's gone to the rapture is another one, which is, I think is pretty good. So yeah, I think there's lots of titles in that realm, but I think, well, don't you have a friend, Mike Summerland? Is that the, uh, <laughs> yes, buddy? that was the random guy that I, that followed me on Twitter that unfortunately doesn't make games anymore. Cause Twitter was an asshole to him. I think or steam was, I, I cause he was a kid in college and I oh, say, kid. that's right. I remember that interview. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, yeah. A game called Summerland's yeah. a, it's a free game on Steam. Go check it out because <laughs> it's free and it's actually pretty cool. But like, yeah, I mean, that was just a walking sim that you just went through this, you know, adventure and you had to like solve and it was you interact with a few things. There were a few puzzles. And I love that. And that kind of like, I guess, first person narrative game, I, maybe is the way that you're supposed to be like better than walking sim. It's more the correct genre, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it just needs a new term. Yeah. The, you know, like Val said, interactive human experiential, you know, walkabout or whatever. I don't know. What you, you, you can throw you can throw a man pajama on there if you like. That's fine. <laughs> there See, you uh, go. Gabe, you can have my you can have it just at a very low price of ten thousand dollars. It's all yours, Gabe. Oh, that's a steal. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, listen, I, I, but it doesn't be five seconds to think of it. So I've never seen this an insult. I know some people I think can like like you bring it up though, can see it as an insult. I never have. To me, it's always been like. It's a very cool thing when you run into a game 
like that. I mean, for me, I think like Stanley Parable, I didn't really enjoy as much. I don't think when I did on the show, but I still love that style of game. God, I played that. <laughs> Zach, do you have much experience with these type of games? I played, I think gone was gone home before or after firewatch before it was. Yeah. That was one of the first ones gone home, but good call. Yeah. That's again, that was like yeah, the, the played first. it, and then I couldn't ever get the under one or two minute like achievement, even though I tried and tried and tried. I played, there was a little one called Blackwood Crossing, I think. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I haven't played that one, but I, I think you're right. Blackwood. Crossing. You guys are adding new stuff to my list. Thank you. <laughs> and then I played the Stanley Parable when it came out on Xbox, the new edition of it, and had a blast with that. I don't know. I can sit through like four or five hours of any like first person shooter or RPG, but I can't sit more than like an hour on a, a story driven game for some reason. So it took me like two or three sittings to finish Firewatch. Okay. I can understand that because it's more. I mean, this game is kind of very chilling, too. Like the open. So I, when I played this game, I was still working at FedEx office at the time. And now I and then I moved changed areas of, of line of work. And I ended up working in memory care and assisted living, things like that. And like, I completely forgot the opening of this game. But when it starts off where he talks yeah. about how his wife gets dementia in her 40s and she doesn't remember who he is. Like reading those lines really freaking hit me this time as as as, as a well, I'm just an adult both time, but as a little bit older adult with that experience, like, I mean, yes, it's very uncommon for someone in their 40s or even 60s to get dementia Alzheimer's, but it's like, I mean, all that's accurate. It's like, you know, so you, you forget. Aren't they, uh, the the guy in his, he's in his 40s, right? Because I, Is, yeah. Yeah. So, because I, I guess we're all about the same age. I mean, and I think we're all married. I, I don't know, but I mean, imagine yeah. your partner, your your wife, your husband, whatever you have going on. I mean, I'm 41. My wife is, you know, late 30s. I don't know. I guess she tells me 37. <laughs> I'm 30, 37. <laughs> My wife is 41 um, or 42. But like, I couldn't imagine, you know, like going through that at, at 40. I mean, like, I used to remember in my 20s, like, oh my God, 40 is so old. And now I'm 40. I'm like, oh my God, 40 <laughs> is not old. You know, like, and, and so to have a partner or something where they're going through that, like, that's young. That would be a wild thing to have to deal with. And it and it happens. You know, I mean, that this isn't yeah. like something that just they they made up and they're like, well, I wonder what would happen. I mean, people go through that sort of thing. And it's I don't know. That would be that'd be a lot. I mean, maybe my wife worked work in a fire tower in a building and somebody who was a nurse who was in her early 60s had dementia. And she realized what was happening, like what was happening to her to a degree. And she'd fight them about stuff because she didn't want because she, you know, she wanted to be, you know, she was a nurse. Like she kind of understood. But at the same time, you know, like the cognitive part is going like that's what happened with dementia. And it is hard. And I mean, like it really hit me reading that, like, you know, and you go through different things of what happens, because that's usually how most people figure it out is they have an episode of some sort and they can't remember something. And that's what, you know, really kind of and then it. Usually stress related, I think. I'm not a doctor or anything, but I know a little bit. Sometimes stress stuff will accelerate it. Like a lot of people, they have like a stroke or if they fall, have a bad injury, act car accident, things like that, will just jump it in, in full gear then. Yeah. But it's just it's just a good like it really gets you to care more about what's going on, especially when we're all being a little older of us, being around that time. Like it I think it hits differently too when you're more middle age. Or no forty really middle age, but when you're not twenties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. I think and the open also gives you the opportunity to really embody the character, 
It gives you just the very action of of clicking and selecting. I met her at a bar, right? And and the game when it opens, in case you haven't played it, you should because it's about you can get through in about six hours probably if you well, if I you, beat it if, in three. <laughs> if you rush through. Oh yeah, if you like fly through it, you can get through about six hours or three to six. When you open the game opens, it presents you with very soft music and it's kind of detailing via text this relationship, the birth and and continuation of a relationship. And just the very act of clicking on text to advance a story gives you that level of very base interactivity that, for me at least, connected me to what's happening. As opposed to just reading what happens to a character, actually taking that step and clicking on that link really, again, submitted, cemented that as a, uh, as a thing for me. So it's a very effective open. Now, you, now Mike, that rings true for you? The kind of like, again, obviously, it's a very bare bones description of what would happen to somebody struggling with that but in your experience is that that felt kind of like a it's very accurate yeah what happens to people so scary i'm such a dates is kind of like a a jokey example of it but i mean it's stuff kind of like that where people just they keep forgetting i mean if you don't see somebody for a while like there were people that i had you know have seen in in the places that i work where you have someone that their, their child doesn't visit very often they don't remember who their child is you know i mean a lot of times also with dementia i mean this doesn't go into it but like with example as people age, they'll when they look in the mirror, they don't see an 80-year-old. They see a 20-year-old. So how can they have a kid if they're in their 20s? And that happens all the time, too. Like, that's just kind of what dementia does to you. Brain is so weird. That's my doctoral statement for the show, guys. The, br- the brain is so weird. <laughs> I, you know, it's just baffling. If you're into all that, I mean, God, how you haven't played Kentucky Route Zero yet. I mean, that's all I that didn't know it existed. I uh, might have to run through that one. Yeah, I, I, I might you're have gonna to have because like everything, there's even a, a point where there's you hook up with this musical group, June Bug, and like you even get to pick like what the, the lyrics to the song are. I dig that. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that. I, I'm really going off on different games here. I apologize. Oh, no, that's fine. It's you all, actually all linked up, man. Yeah. <laughs> Got me new games. I put my wish list that I'm now going to have to take a look at. That's it. That's it. I, mean, I recommend the beginner's guide. It's so good. It's un- unbelievably good. Beginner's guide. Yeah, it's in my Zach, wish what, list now. What did you What did you think of the open, Zach? As uh, as somebody who doesn't play a ton of these type of games, what was your take uh, on it? I didn't, haven't had any experiences like that, so I was just trying to pick answers I would pick and hope yeah. that it didn't hurt their feelings. But even though <laughs> that's fair in the game, trying to stay on the the good end and not the bad end. Or uh, whatever the morality scale is. I mean, that's how I play all my games. I always try not to be the jerk, not to be the ass. Like, that's why I can't play evil in games. I never do either. That's why I have Michael Hughes to do that for me when we play games together. I have good and evil. (laughs) Let him be evil always. (laughs) Zach, that's very interesting you mentioned that, though, because there is, in this game, there are no... And that's one of the things I don't love about this, is because you there are no consequences, really, to your choices. I'm always a fan of games. If you give you, if you give me choices, make them matter if you can. And being this is a game with a small team, small scope, it's trying to do one thing, well, a few things, but it's really trying to do one central thing. That's fine. I, I can live with that. I'm not going to kill Camp Santos, whatever the developer is for that. <laughs> but don't really you, you. That's a really interesting thing. You said I, I, I wanted to get do the right answer, but you ended up just saying, "What would I yeah. say?" And that's yeah, like that's you embodying cool. that character. And that's cool. That's what's cool about walking Sims. You get to like sit with something and embody something. And I'm not saying you can't do that with other games, but I think in this genre specifically, since it strips out all the artifice of not artifice, but like gameplay and scores and objectives for a certain extent, and just lets you kind of live in this space. I think it's really cool. So that's interesting. You mentioned that that's, that's neat. 
Yeah, because this game is simple in one sense, because it mainly is just, you know, many games point A to point B. But it's really just like you 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 start you you have your story, you have your small conversation. A lot of it's like, OK, you got to go to this spot on your map and you just got to hike there. And there's not a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff happening. You don't really have to interact with too much. I mean, there's boxes you can you can you can open up and get a few items. But it's really just about the experience of of talking on a walkie talkie with one person. And it's all about that isolationist and loneliness in general. I mean, not so much as like the storyline is you are a guy who took this job as a fire watch because as we talked about, your wife is sick. And you're not able to come to terms with it. So you leave, essentially, and take this job in the middle of nowhere with no one around. But it's all about, like, the loneliness and the... I mean, the one thing that kind of clicked with me, like, this is the 80s. So, like, he's talking to her in a walkie. They don't have cell phones. They don't have internet this time. Or we don't. You know, that idea. But, like, the idea of connecting to someone through just a voice really hit me more this time. One, because I podcast and I talk to people all the time. And it's just like, like example, Bill Tucker. I mean, a guy that I've talked to now for what three years. We've talked off and on, like months. I don't <laughs> I mean, know. Like, it's been forever. I mean, I'm not like, I, mean, that I, I know your voice so well. But every time, every so often, I see a picture of you, like on Facebook or something, like, and with a video, I'm like, it's so weird. Like a picture, the, like his face and a voice. And I'm like, to me, it's just a voice. And it's just, it's that interesting take of like how you can really connect with people. I mean, yes, we have more tools than this, but like in the idea, you can really connect someone just by talking to them over a walk. So that, and I was thinking about this. So story. It ends up you just kind of making stuff up in your head, you know, and and being paranoid. And does that play into the overall, you know, concept of dementia? You know, is it does is that a, a link in between the two? I didn't think about that, but completely yes. With dementia, a lot of people have paranoia. A lot of people will think things are being stolen from them. A lot of people with dementia will steal things and say it's their own. That's very common too. So yeah, I mean, I mean to be fair, he was getting stuff stolen from him, but yes, you know, that, <laughs> so it was like, oh, this government conspiracy yeah. to to you know take my my underpants. You know, I was like, what? <laughs> it really wasn't. You know, they were they were doing something else entirely. But <laughs> yes, you know, it just it seemed like there was a lot of like buildup in his own head, and it was you know. So I I, I play goalie on my ice hockey team, and one of the things I've discovered when I'm having a really bad game is I can't go and talk to anybody, right? I'm just, I'm stuck in the crease because it's, it's a, it's an adult league, you know, thing. So the, the break in between each period is like a minute and I can't just go skate to the bench. So I'm just stuck in my head. And sometimes, oh my God, am I doing bad? Is things happening? I'm making things up because I'm stuck there by myself. And, and it feels like this is kind of the same thing where he's just stuck there by himself. Yeah. He does get to talk to uh blanket on her name, but, um, Delilah. Delilah, he does get to talk to her, but not that often. So when you're just stuck there and you're just like in your own head, things can go wildly off mm-hmm. the rails. And that's kind of what it seems like happened in the story of this game was he was just there and he wasn't in a good place to start with. And, you know, like, I don't know, it just seems like maybe he should have had like some kind of evaluation before the Forest Service is like, hey, here's a great idea. Go live by yourself. You're having a terrible life. <laughs> This was didn't, the 80s, though. So. Yeah, it's very true. It didn't true. work well for old Ned, but we'll talk about Ned and uh, it <laughs> work out yeah. great for him. As a fellow member of the uh, goalie union, Ian, I, I respect that, and I pre- I think that's pretty great. I, I, I agree. That's a really interesting parallel you made there. Uh, yeah, man, I, I agree with that. It's interesting, too, and again, just to kind of set this up for those who may not have played it, um, your character you play as Henry, who is taking this job. Um, your wife is in Melbourne with her parents getting treatment for her for illness. You decide not to go with because, A, the parents don't like you. B, you just need to kind of escape. There's 
kind of reasons for that. And your only means of communication is with a fellow ranger by the name of Delilah that you talk to via the walkie. And through this, these conversations, you develop a relationship and not, and not, not a romantic relationship. Let's just get that out the way. But you develop a, a and a professional relationship, yeah, a friendship relationship with this person while this mystery begins to kind of unfold throughout the story. Um, most people remember the relationship, not the story, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of complaints about that, so. Yeah, but yes, that's kind of the setting that we're kind of talking about is I guess that having those one-on-one conversations, it was always a treat when she chimed and she broke in like, hey. Where you and a lot of it is just get to know you jokes and and the voice acting for both characters are is fantastic. I mean, the it's game good. lives and dies by it, but so it better be good. <laughs> but uh, it really mean anything for some games. No, of course. <laughs> and just the inner. Oh, also, I had a very different experience than most people would have because when I grew up, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in. I was born in 87, but growing up in the 90s, that we had a radio station where at night on one of the stations, I think it was 97.3 FM, we had Delilah. So it was this oh woman God. that, you know, this was the radio oh, host. Yes. On. So it just kind of like, it was also funny to me because like, I remembered, I knew a Delilah, well, not didn't know, but I remember a voice with Delilah, with just a voice on the radio. So it kind of was funny to me with that. She used to live uh, right near, I I was in, let me rephrase that. She lived right near, across the water from when I was in Tacoma. She lived in Gig Harbor and she oh. was still broadcasting. <laughs> so, so Mike Alberton, Delilah has been in everyone's lives. She okay, is, so it wasn't just a Milwaukee thing then? Oh, no, no. she's a nationally okay. syndicated personality. I, she's almost like a, a living meme. Okay. Basically. I've never heard anyone mention her before other than like when I grew up and like, so it's just, I was, I was like, but cool. <laughs> That's yeah, what I thought of that, too. So yeah. Why don't we put on a cup of tea and talk about what's going on? Call her. Tell us what's happening. <laughs> yes. My husband just proposed to me again and. We're having our 12th kid, and I, I just, I love him so much. Well, caller, that's great. Blah, blah, blah. It, it's very Hallmark Channel. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I remember. I didn't listen to it. I just remember it, and I would change the channel. Very smart me, calm. Yes. So we're having Kaya Cupcake. <laughs> but I'm happy to know that. I wonder if that's where the name came from. Like, that's where they went with Delilah, because someone was like, hey, I remember her in the 90s. But this Delilah is a smartass and fun. Yeah, like she, Delilah on the radio is not a smartass and fun. She was the exact opposite. So maybe it was a joke. I don't know. <laughs> Zach, are you? Are you? Are you I, I, you know, we shouldn't. Maybe Zach's a big Delilah fan. Let's let's back off. A little bit. I'm not sure we have a fan here. <laughs> I have no idea who Delilah is. Fantastic. Let's just play. <laughs> You're not missing anything, but you are not. You you are not, sir. Uh, it's just funny to have that brought up. I mean, that's what I thought of all this time. Like there were a lot of elements of this game that really hit me more this playthrough than I ever have connected with me before. Like, well, not before, when I played this before, like, a few years ago. Like, the whole, like, just the isolation kind of, like, it It hit more. I mean, one, because my current jobs, I work from home, so I'm mostly, I don't see co-workers. I mean, I see my wife and I see my cats, and I talk to my co-workers, but it's like that same idea where you're just, like, you know, part of a job is interacting with other people. You know, and it brought, it brought some interesting stuff like that, and, like, I love how they connect as the time progresses. And also, since it's a finite amount of time that they're supposed to be, you know, fire watching, they're only here for the summer. So what, 90 days or so, I think it is, or maybe or maybe longer than that, maybe three months. It's not a very long time. Yeah, it's supposed to be for a summer, I think. Yeah, I had a, a night job and on the weekends, all my friends would be out doing things and stuff while I was like sleeping. So I got or while I was awake while they were sleeping and vice versa. So I didn't mind having to be alone and. 
I think it'd be pretty cool to have a firewatch job out there like that. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's nice. I mean, I worked third shift at the Mall of America at one point. I fucking hated it working by myself, just sucking up garbage and no one was around. So everybody's off and dispatch go, hey, are you there? I'm like, yeah, I'm here. Oh, this person, there's a drunk over here. Go check on him. All right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this no, was I... also the era before podcasts and all, obviously. So right nowadays, it's it's definitely a little easier to have those that those yes. gigs. This game does take place, and it's important to note that in the '80s. So this is yeah. not modern day game where you know, shoot, I'd be I I, my Switch would be there, well my it. Steam Deck would be there. Oh, I'd be like fine everything. now. I mean, yeah, like, now, I just need internet access. Please leave me alone for three months. Fantastic, but man, I get so many games. Yeah. I don't know, man. That sometimes doesn't work out too well for people. I don't know if you've heard of a little story called The Shining. Those people had a rough time. <laughs> so you're saying all Jack Nicholson needed was a uh, an Azrock, whatever that portable thing is that just came out. That that's the, all he needed at the Overlook was that, and he'd be good. That, I I think maybe maybe should have been, maybe the mountain air didn't agree with him. He should have been in the forests of California or it, Wyoming or wherever that was. Yeah. One too many turns in the hedge maze, perhaps. That might that might have been his downfall. Man, that's such a good movie. That's too. true. Such a good film. Add it to the list, Mike. I actually have seen it, but I haven't put it on the podcast yet. But I have seen it. But I think that's kind of like the charm of this game. Like you do have like a few objectives that happen. Like early in the game, you have these two girls that you have to go investigate that are just partying, at, you know, at the lake, and you know, like it, it gives you some things happening. But then for long chunks of like you have days where you don't really do much. It's like oh, day seventy six or. You know, nothing's really happening because it's mostly a boring job. There's not a whole lot that's going to happen. And the game does it to have you have this point where, okay, you're going to explore a little bit. And then we're just going to have you just, you know, time just passes because nothing exceptional is happening. He's just kind of here. You know, this is one of those games where I wish achievements didn't exist because sometimes I get real stuck on that. And I remember there was one point in the game where, you know, there's a little like book series that you can collect everywhere. There's like for whatever reason, little libraries or whatever they were that were all over the forest, right? And I was like, oh, I think I may need to collect these. And I swear to God, by hand, I hand delivered all these stupid books, like 12 of them, back up to the Firewatch Tower. And I was like, okay, that should be an achievement. I don't know why I thought it would be an achievement. No, it was nothing. It was just me wasting an hour hand carrying <laughs> books across the forest for absolutely no freaking reason. <laughs> and so, like, it takes you out of the game because, you know, you think, oh, am I supposed to be doing something extra? Am I supposed to be doing this, that, or the other thing? Instead of just that's fair. enjoying, like, what it is that you're doing. And I think sometimes that's why Switch games are so great, is they don't have that crap. Like, it, it doesn't force you to play a game in a way that you don't normally play. And, like, this one you know i i they should have just done it and i know you probably can't but just done away with achievements altogether just sit down enjoy the story walk through the woods you know get paranoid with your friends but enjoy the game and you know it just i don't know like i i have that that's like my strongest memory of that game is carrying those books around the forest i was i was gonna wonder or i was wondering if my backpack would get full from all the beer cans i was picking up (laughs) (laughs) and that's fair did you did it it was i was the same way i kept picking up the beer cans i'm like i can't be a litter bug i can't leave this stuff here i was strewn about the forest i was a good boy scout when i was a kid garbage digital junk yeah i think that's an interesting point too because in the game you I think especially if you're not used to this style of game, you're looking for an objective, right? Okay, so uh, what's the goal here? What's the point? And, of course, the goal, as we all know after playing the game, is just progress the story to kind of allow this mystery to unfold around it. And, again, 
the real joy of the game is in those interactions. It's not so much into the story itself, like the core narrative. There are some really stunning beats in there, but joy of this is really that interaction between Henry and Delilah. But it's funny because I you, I can see someone being like, where's the hook? Do I what do I get if I collect 50 beer cans? Do I get the recycler achievement? Not a knock. That's part <laughs> of games. That's 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 a fun thing of games. Right. But yeah, this is not that if you're if you were looking for it. Now, when I played this, I wasn't an achievement whore anymore because I can see if I w- went back in my achievement whore days, I would have looked up everything and just did them all because that's what I did at one point, too. So I completely get where you're coming from, Ian. Yeah. They're, the achievements aren't bad for this game. I, I looked them up afterwards just because I was curious what I missed. But I it was like one fill the camera roll and I forget what the other stuff was. But it's like, eh, just didn't care. <laughs> but I do like how like a mystery kind of progresses because first you have the girls where you piss them off. And like I stole their with I stole whiskey twice in this game from people. Have to. Oh. Have to. <laughs> I'm like, I'm taking their whiskey. <laughs> it just sat in my. It just sat in my fire watches a bottle of whiskey, which is always there because I took it the two times. You because you, both times you find the girls camp, they have whiskey that you can steal uh, from them. I remember uh, this game was being average. Oh, go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna ask about them calling you perverts if you take their like bra and undies or whatever. <laughs> if the note changes later. No, <laughs> it, it no, they call you a pervert regardless. It does not change anything. I did not take their their underwear and and I still was was labeled a pervert probably because you just roll up on them while they're sunbathing and yeah I think they they think you're a peeping tom or something yeah basically I mean you kind of are an asshole I, I love throwing <laughs> the radio into the lake ah, <laughs> oh I yeah didn't do that. I didn't do that either that's good I yeah. did fuck with the radio like I picked up the radio and they get really mad at you I don't even remember picking up the radio that's funny I didn't do that as I should have. They all like, get pissed at you throwing the lake. Good, you should stop blowing off fireworks. There's <laughs> smoky the bear signs everywhere. They stink. I'm like, good. And I love how Delilah towards like once she realizes what they're doing, is like, yeah, just destroy their camp. Like just scared the hell out of them. And but turns out you don't have to. It's it's already happens, and that's one of the first clues that something is amiss here at the camp. All right, in the forest. They make it seem like it's a bear attack is what it's supposed to be going for. Even though it's not, I don't think that's what actually happened. I do like the idea that you never see a bear. You, 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 they talk about a bear. You see, you know, scratches of a bear, but you never actually see a bear, which I think is also cool because I'm assuming that bears aren't that common in general. And they don't really want in Yellowstone. In bears aren't common in Yellowstone. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking they, that bears are not common, but like, you don't that. run into them, I'm assuming, maybe. <laughs> they made a whole cartoon wrong. about it. <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. I'm full of shit. Let's just go with that part. But, I like it how this game, you don't run into any bears. I think that's cool because it. I think having a bear would have given you a, a threat that you could see where the point of this game was to have a threat that was a mystery. So well, I like no... not having a bear ever sorry, be there. Huh? Oh, I thought I'm sorry. I thought you had something. I saw your little your face uh, lit up on the slide on the Skype the, here. The National Park Service has a, a fantastic Twitter and Instagram. Like it's the funniest thing. But they said that there's this very interesting Venn diagram between creating a dumpster that keeps the smartest bears out, but also the stupidest tourists are able to get into. And they said it's a very <laughs> small overlap because, like, interesting, you know. You'll get these dumb people that just can't figure it out. But if you make it too simple, the bears will open it up. And they're like, oh, <laughs> amazing. It's Ian, the hardest may I thing take, to figure out. Ian, may I take a quick side diversion? How are you? The, how do you follow the Twitter of the National Park Service? That's nothing I would never think to like look up and follow. I need to know why. I was, I'm glad you do. I was, but 
I was looking up something and it was, oh, I was looking up like uh, Yosemite National Park or something on Twitter because somebody's like, oh, you know, check out these pictures. All right. And then Yosemite obviously follows, you know, the National Park Service. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, you know, today is national. Bring your mom to to work day. Here's our mom. And it was a bear in like a dress or something. I was like, (laughs) oh, that's very funny. Oh, that's like. All right. And I started following him every day. Is they have the funniest crap. And like they're they're making fun of like dumb tourists. They're making love fun it. of themselves. I mean, it's it's awesome. I love when Twitter admins have so much fun with with social media. I love that. That's great. I'm gonna look, all that's right. the point of Twitter. You sold me. You sold me. Got my interest too. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's how you get people to pay to talk about you in a random podcast. So hey. Exactly. Free advertising. <laughs> you gotta be funny. But on the topic of actually wildlife, there is no wildlife in this game at all, really, except for the very, very beginning. As you're walking, you see a deer, but it's a the pre it's a cutscene for for the most part. I think you're actually walking. You might be, but you see and a deer. Fine. Yeah, and again, this is small scopes. So again, this is a small studio. This is not you know Gorilla Games making this. So <laughs> you know we're it's it's fine for what it is, right? But it it's also an interesting thing. There's no wildlife per se. It's just kind of foliage and scenery. Well, that is interesting. I mean, I feel like if it you know animals would run away from you anyway in this case, because I can kind of buy it. I mean, you would see something, but it, yeah. But you are right. Small team. They didn't have the budget. You know, I I remember this game being going back to kind of the story and everything. And I remember the advertisements for this game when it was first coming out. And it was one of those, I don't want to say it was like a gotcha kind of like marketing campaign, but they made it sound like it was going to be like this darker, like, you know, grittier story where it was like, oh, there's some real weird crap going on around here, you know, hang on to your hats. And it was, it, it ended up being a very different experience I think than what was initially kind of shown and maybe that was just my interpretation of what I saw, but it did seem like it was going to be more of like a, a, I mean, there was kind of a mystery to it, but like, Oh, there's weird stuff happening. You know, you know, are are you being hunted? Are you in danger? Are you in trouble? And I was like, no, you know, you're only dangerous. I don't know, not clocking in on time, but (laughs) it, it ended up being a great game. It was just, it was, I just remember it being a very different thing than what I initially thought. Okay. I can see that. I can see it be where like, I don't remember the trailers or anything for this, but I can see marketing making this seem more, give you more of a threat. Cause I mean, cause it does try to have a whole mystery throughout the whole story of the game. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I mean, that one thing kept me going. Like I, I played this game for this playthrough in two sittings it would have been one, but I had to go pick up my wife from work. So <laughs> it would have been, I would have beat this in one sitting. And the first time I played this, it was like one or two sittings too. Yeah, I know. I I think the you know, obviously you got to sell a game, you know, especially back, you know, five, well, I guess 20, 2015, this came out. So, you know, we're talking nearly 10 years ago. This was not this was probably a hard sell for most gamer people. You know, obviously we had gone home already, probably a couple others in this genre by then. This was still one of the big premier tentpole walking sim style games. People just didn't know what to expect. So I could totally see them leaning into the mystery of it, which there is a pretty decent mystery through line. Um, as you move forward, you come to realize that there is a threat out there that is not natural to the woods, let's say. Right. And we can talk about because this is a spoiler show, so we can talk about spoilers yeah. all day. But the one of the first inciting incidents of the game is after you yell at the little girl, at the teenagers to stop shooting fireworks <laughs> in the middle of a heat wave jerks. They you come back to your cap to your uh, tower and it's trashed. 
And the implication is, is that these girls did it. Like these girls went in and just destroyed everything. And the game does a very good job at making it seem very plausible they could have done that. When at, at in hindsight, you're like, nah, they would have just went home upset and sad and complained to their friends on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> this is the ABC. In 1988. Yeah, in 1988, yes. They, they yes. would have talked about you in their slam book. <laughs> yes, they would have got on ICQ and they would have. Uh, <laughs> from ICQ. They would have done done that business. Yes, it's very good. Dang it. Oh, yeah, this is before. Yeah, what is the internet board come out? service? Yes, that's right. <laughs> when is the first internet? The 80s, right? Is the first internet? And then like 90s when it became more mainstream, I think. I, I highly doubt a couple of 17-year-olds had No, I know. I just, I'm just, you just got me wondering now on time frame, like when that started. But yeah, no. Yeah. I Nobody, mean, yeah. They would have just bitched about you at school or something. We had a good 10 years before they were dialing up and, and all that. So we, we had a good 10 years before the end of the day. We're dialing up. Dialing up. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Those were the days. They weren't great. People say, oh, back it wasn't it. Why wasn't the past great? Not that great. No. Dialing at the thing. No. So my mom would, my aunt would call and all of a sudden it's like, bang, I'm off AOL. Well, you I was couldn't in the sneak onto the internet. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't sneak. Actually, here, here's an aside. Ready for this, guys? Uh, so when I was a young lad online, I figured out how to make your modem stop squeaking when you logged onto AOL. There's a thing called a modem string that you can access in AOL. And if you remove a couple of bits in the modem string, it'll stop. It won't make noise. So you can connect an internet at three in the morning, as I did, and no one is the wiser. Uh, <laughs> that is make that now. Now. That's terrible yeah. sound. <laughs> to know now <laughs> well, that's listen, my example I, of what i remember of it that's good <laughs> i hated that sound uh, <laughs> but anyway so yeah so they, they don't but they should they do threaten to call the cops on you which you know obviously idle threat from 17 year olds but, also uh, the cops aren't even gonna find you yeah i mean come on it's or like, care for care yeah <laughs> I mean, that's nice but I like, I mean, yeah, it, 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 the game doesn't make you like, because I remember I didn't question it either. Like, wait a second, could they really get back faster than I could after they were naked in a lake and did this like and found my towers? Like, no, of course not. And I do like it when you're heading back to the tower, you run into a random stranger. And I have the light like, this is outside. If they didn't tell you, there's people just are just doing stuff out here. And it's just it's funny. But also I was watching a, a few videos about this game before this episode, and I feel like there's more to that. Like one of the theories is that Delilah is talking to the I forgot his name, Ned, talking to Ned this whole time. Like she's aware that Ned is still hanging out here. Well, is she, she did aware? have that relationship yeah. with him and she's like, well, OK, your kid's with you. You're not supposed to have your kid with you, but cool. Bring him along. It's a theory. It's a fan theory. I don't think it's ever been like I don't the game doesn't really tell you like there's that one point where Delilah's talking to somebody. But you don't know who. Yes, that's a good point. I, I think that might be a bit of misdirection, honestly. That's an interesting th fan theory, though. Yeah, I, I took it as just like, but yeah, who else would she be talking to? I doubt it was Ned. I don't think. I don't. But I. who knows? You're right, though. At the same time, the cord is cut, too. So she can't yes. talk outside too far. Interesting. I don't know, then. That's a good, very good point. And the thing with the walkie, where they're like, oh, he tapped the walkie. All you got to do is freaking turn on the frequency, buddy. Like, you just got to find the frequency. That's how walkie-talkies work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not that, that that part's not too too challenging. You know they're not changing their frequencies every every day, right? So. Oh, I, probably changed, I mean, hell, they're probably using the same damn frequency all the time. Like, middle of nowhere. Just to yeah, catch I mean, people up who may not have. Oh, so go ahead, please. No, you, I was going to say, you don't want to be playing, like, can you find me when there's, you know, like wildfire coming at you? <laughs> I, I feel like that's a real dangerous uh, cat and mouse game to play there. 
Yeah, especially back then when that's the only way to talk to somebody. You know, what frequency? So yeah, Zach, what did you think of the uh, of that kind of story and the I guess the relationship between the two characters? Uh, what was your take on it? Between uh, player character and Delilah, or yeah, either way, yeah, exactly. I thought the player character was a little annoying sometimes, but <laughs> I also because uh, I wanted to like report everything I saw, but. Like when you have like a walkie talkie thing and you can be like, oh, report this. I wanted to do everything, but I also would was wondering if she would get annoyed at you for just like wanting to say something to her every like two seconds. Yeah, I totally had the exact same reaction. I was watching playing like I don't need to report every single shrub, but the game again, I'm conditioned as gamer person to do what the game tells me. So here I am. Hi, Delilah. There's a shrub here that ain't to clear. I was, I was exactly. I was waiting for her to be like, "Yeah, dummy, clear it." What? Why are you calling me every five seconds with every little thing you're seeing? Uh, it's a very I, interesting point. I <laughs> took that differently. I took it more as since like that's the only person that he had to talk to. You're just talking about whatever just to have that conversation with someone. That's, that's all I take it. I mean, yes, you are yeah, right in the good game aspect, like. You are right. Make her sense like you're trying to do a job. Why are you bugging your boss about, hey, look at this. Hey, boss, look, there's a tree out here in the woods. Like, makes yeah. perfect sense. But, like, that's how I, I felt like they were. It's the whole loneliness thing and the paranoia they're trying to push, like, how empty this world, how lonely he is, too. Because, you know, his wife is has dementia yeah. and he doesn't know what to do. He's set with himself. And I feel like all that plays together. And, like, I love their relationship as it progresses. Like, there's that one point they're talking at night and he's like, oh, I wish I was over there. You know, do that whole thing. Like, I like the stuff that goes on. And Zach, real quick too, what was your take on the on the mystery of it? Because obviously, as we're talking about the game unfolds, this kind of this mystery. Were you more interested in the the people, the relationship, or did you start kind of latching onto the story because maybe there's a little more gameplay there? Hopefully, right? If we're, and I'm not saying hopefully, just you know, maybe there's more gameplay there. What was your like take on that? The mystery part had me uh, just I can't put together stories in video games very well. Like so, I wanted to to see how it played out but at the same time i was just confused throughout most of it because i don't know reading notes and listening to people talk it just gets fuzzy in between sure that's fair i mean it's and it's easy to that's easy to happen because you have so much time as well this is not a very apparent or easy story to kind of like it's a very straightforward story but it's you're right there there can definitely be like that abstraction you know it's you spend so much time walking through the woods. And by the way, y'all, I, I was a Boy Scout when I was a kid. I've been on many a hike, spent many a weekend in the woods, and I got lost so much in this goddamn game. Let me tell you, I know I have a map every five steps. I'm looking at this stupid map. I'm going the wrong direction. I'm like, this is why I stay home. I don't go into the woods because I would be the lost <laughs> camper within 10 minutes. 10 minutes. I could not find my goddamn way when I was doing this the other day. But anyway, I don't know if anyone had the similar experience there. Uh, with the map, I didn't use it really. Like okay. the first part of the game, I was just for whatever reason, my intuition was just like, "Oh, go this way," and I'd end up where I needed to go. And then I took a like a week break in between, and I was like, "Oh no, I I don't yeah. have what I was doing." And I started using the map more, and those supply drop boxes were really handy because I would interact with him to where he draws something on the map even though i wasn't using the map i just it was kind of a collection thing for me and then i started using the map more and had fun using it and uh 
Far Cry 2 has a map that you have to check every so like every few minutes and i really like that part of that game so i had a lot of fun using it so i know then where to go when the apocalypse happens and (laughs) and my robot no longer tells me how to get to the grocery store i am going to zach who can find his way without without compass or map i'm going there zach so Uh, i'd be stranded too bill i'd be with you because without the gps i i can't fucking go nowhere i have no idea where i am at any given moment i really don't i'm the same terrible i I have no sense of direction so i kept getting lost damn it i love the map though in this game i love the fact that the map has a little you know tells you exactly little points little dots okay you went this way like yes thank you i know where to go i like that it looks like a real map that you would get from the visitor center too totally totally (laughs) yes totally uh, and your compass, like the com- I mean, it was cool having a compass. I'm not, yeah. I don't like compasses in general. But like, okay, because I don't know how to use them very well, but it worked fine in this. And I do like how you get the cool digital compass later on that replaces the old compass after he steals it from the from the workers, <laughs> from the lab people. <laughs> yep, the government. Uh, that whole part is just like ugh, the whole idea that, like, when you go to the station later on in this game because you think they're spying on you because you find a clipboard with their name on on the clipboard mm-hmm. and, the, and a guy knocks you out. Like, oh, must so you would break in there? Like I thought that was kind of funny. Like okay, and this is where the game really tries to really do some mis- yes, yeah. get very X Files, get the misdirection. Now we're in this situation where there's this imminent threat. We have the government and the. And we'll talk about the ending because I think a lot of people don't like this ending. I think it's fine. I don't love it, but I don't hate it either. Uh, but this, there, there, be, things start to escalate where you start thinking, "Wait, who's stalking me in the woods?" Right? And I think that's where maybe that also that intro, um, all the material beforehand, the trailers and such, were trying to lean into pretty heavily when this was released. Um, if I may, though, Mister. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I was I was gonna say I I think thinking about it now like what they were trying to go for was almost like that new game the woods new being about a year or so ago but oh yeah you know kind kind of more like that feel and maybe if it came out now that's kind of what it would look like but you know yeah I was gonna share with you guys a uh, a factoid do you guys know why a Boy Scout belt buckle is brass Boy Scout belt buckles are brass so now if you didn't know that now you know do you know why a Boy Scout belt buckle Belt buckle is brass. I have no idea. I'm because, an Eagle Scout and I don't know. Oh, really? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, here you go. Because uh, you're supposed to hold a compass waist high when you're using a compass. Uh, and if it's any other metal, it'll mess with the reading because it's magnetic. Oh. So brass isn't magnetic. So that's why it won't mess with your compass readings if you are out in the woods trying to utilize a a compass. I can't believe they let you get an Eagle Scout without knowing that. Ian, that's uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed they didn't come up in the after your service project. So well, let me tell you, I did not like doing orienteering and I did not like doing knots, but I was totally happy with like blood and guts and all that other stuff. Hey, somebody fell out of a tree. I am there to help you. But if I, I have to tie a knot, I am not there. <laughs> no sheep shanks for you or no, bowline actually. What's wild is that whole thing even carried. I was in the army for 10 years and that even carried over to the army. We were doing like night orienteering one time and like I got so lost that, you know, like all these infantry guys come out looking for me and they're like, hey, man, what happened? And I was like, I, I can't read a map. Oh, that's know. funny. I'm sorry. And thank, and thank you, uh, Ian. Thank you for your service. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. That's awesome. No, thank you. The whole idea of having that guy that's here, you know, ca- kind of causing trouble, you know, trying, you know, you find out he's the guy that, you know, screwed up your, 
your your house. He's the one that's causing, you know, that kind of is listening in and like writing down things you're saying. I think all that is good to kind of give you a villain where there isn't one. I think it works really well for that. Do you think that that was needed though? Like, I almost sometimes feel like the story was maybe kind of the last thing they worked on on this game. I think it needed to have something for it to be marketable. Pro- I mean, I personally would have been just fine. The game It's just him talking to Lila. The fire gets out of hand and then eventually you leave. Like I would have been okay with that, but I feel if you're trying to market it to an audience, you need to have something. What you do you need think to about have that? that some yeah, villain or some mystery where there's something to blame type of thing. Otherwise people just won't be okay with it. You mean like an antagonist and a protagonist and all that crap? Yeah. Yes. He doesn't need it. <laughs> I, I paid attention yeah. in high school English. Well done, <laughs> antagonist. And it doesn't need it because it's not like, I mean, real life, you don't have, you know, antagonists all the time. Sure, you do sometimes, but not all life is that way. Some of life is just existing, progressing through your day. But you do yeah. need it in good fiction because, let's be honest, most people's lives are very boring and nothing oh, yeah. really happens much of I'm anything. So you, in you good fiction, you need it. But it's I, I that's a very good point, Ian, that uh, I think this was a very much so a early walking sim decision for that exact reason. Like we need something to move this along. You could reach in and say that if not for the grace of God, that could be Henry. Right. Because it because a yeah. tragic thing happened to Ned. We will spoiler now for one of the big emotional moments is Ned loses his son in a rappelling accident and a climbing accident, especially knowing that his son had no interest in this activity as we come to learn. And his he's just kind of forcing his son like, hey, you're going to be a repeller because that's what I do. I'm an outdoorsman. And his son's into wizards and warriors and D&D and games. He's not interested in this stuff. And that instead of knowing his son, he forces his son to take part in these things, be in the woods. Kid has no interest in being in the woods probably anyway. And unfortunately, he falls to his death in cave 400 something or something. And if not for the grace of God, that could be where Henry ends up, right? He, you know, Delilah, he's in the midst of a trauma. Like he's in the midst of just a hellish situation. Ned chose this path. And Henry is chosen a different. Um, so I, you can also think there's maybe some parallels there story wise. But this the story of this game is not, I think, this its strongest aspect. It, it really isn't because it is. I mean, the first time around, I didn't really catch a lot of this stuff. It was only on the second yeah. or third playthroughs. I That's when I really like, oh, OK, I see what's happening here. You know, that that really strongly reminds me. First, one thing, there's that episode of Seinfeld where they're pitching the show. And they're like, what's it going to be about? And he's like, nothing. Well, what do you mean nothing? You know, nothing. It's just about your day. And they're like, well, what? Like, oh, you know, we're reading and we're going to the grocery store. And they're like, what you're reading? And like, I'm thinking about it now. I was like, oh, my God. Can you imagine? Okay, well, now just read this book. I don't want to read the book. No, for the next two hours of game time, you're going to be reading a book. Basically. Uh, Jerry? That makes for less compelling game time. Jerry, it's a show about nothing. (laughs) <laughs> I love that so much. Greatest thing ever. I've only and seen then, one episode of Seinfeld ever, and yeah. there's something you should do for your podcast: the series of Seinfeld. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna hard pass on that one, Mike. You're on your own. I mean, no, I know I, it's not gonna happen. Don't worry. So I have too much other stuff, but yeah, someday I'll watch that show. But too, like you know, you kind of since this takes place in the '80s, and I guess so. What Ned and and his kid, his kid died a couple of years before that, so that would have been early 80s 
probably mm-hmm. 84, 85. So, so you, you look at like something like all in the family or even something even more modern, like that 70s show or something, you know, where the kids are like, Oh, into star Wars or dungeons and dragons or all these other things. And the dad is like, Oh, I fought in Vietnam. I fought in Korea. You know, what the hell's wrong with you? Why are you into these kind of like not so masculine hobbies? And it, it is interesting to kind of look back on that. And that was a very prevailing mindset at that time where it's like, Oh, Oh, you're into this? No, 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 no. That's unacceptable. Especially yeah. if the dad's like real outdoors, very like you know Midwest. We're gonna go hunting kind of guy. Military in this, they say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which also fits that too. Fits that thing, I think too. A little bit, yeah. Kind of like you know, he wants him to be more like him, and he's not like that. You know, I want to get eyes yeah. unnecessary. I'm curious what Zach thought about the moment when you discovered a little boy's body, because that for me just. It hit way different now that I actually have a child as opposed to mm-hmm. probably when I first played it. Oh, did I have a kid when I have plays? Probably. <laughs> probably. So anyway, so yeah, I'm curious, Zach, what, what was your take on um, but now you, you discovered the child's... I got two. <laughs> I had played it before I had a kid, but I it didn't really... I don't know. Okay. I didn't think about that. I was wondering if Ned and his kid had been brought up before they started thinking it the government was after them or were they mentioned before then they were they were mentioned in passing before the whole government thing kind of rediscover that base could be wrong though no they are they're mentioned that they were there delilah says yeah and they just kind of left one day oh okay yeah they just kind of take off and don't say why and she is kind of in the dark as to what happened that's right and she does share that uh, the little bit of the backstory of ned how yeah, Ned was this park ranger, and she doesn't get really much into it. Just this—that's who he was, and Brian was his was his son. That I guess they never found. I guess the idea was he was just missing in action. I guess behind Which this blockade. Like, wasn't that more of a thing in the '80s too, where a lot of people? Because again, we weren't as connected as we are now, where people just went missing. Like, you know, sometimes they went missing, they just left, moved somewhere else, and tell anybody. I feel like that was more of a. Th- I mean, I think you had more missing people back then than. You did now just because now we're much more connected. And we still have a lot of missing people. I know that in certain areas. I don't know. I, I usually have like a major disconnect with things like that. Like it would be devastating if I lost my son that way. But like in a game, I'm like, oh, this is the part where this happens. <laughs> and I don't know. It always it hits every. I mean, it hits. It hit me too a little bit. I get that. I mean, it's all I was. Me. Oh yeah. I mean, for me, I was devastated when it first happened. This time, of course, this time around, I knew it was happening, so Same. I didn't really. But first time around, it hit hard because when when you enter that cave, and it's towards the end of the game, we were in final third at this point, probably final hour at this oh, point. Yeah, you're you know. final like yeah quarter of it. Yeah, easy. And when I when you first stumble across it, it's a very very strong depiction it's a rotting or decaying body it's actually more preserved than decaying because it's still got clothes and there's still looks like some sort of like decayed skin on the care on on the child and this you can't see his head there's a rock where his head's supposed to be um thank god because i don't think i could have handled seeing child head that's that's why you don't see it yes that's that's a a very wise choice by the by the developers to not show that uh, yeah, it's stirring. I remember just oh, just this audible, oh, no, yeah, this kind of pit in the stomach feeling. Yeah, it's very powerful. I mean, they don't even need to punch it up with the music. They do. I didn't even. I don't even think you need that. You just it just hits. No, it's um, enough to to. Oh to, yeah, that is still, it was all just, the time. Like there's enough there when you figure out. Oh yeah, you know he never actually left. Like he died here, and it also kind of feels like you know the guy kind of went. You know he 
you know, he because he knew he'd be responsible when he got back to the regular world. Like, you know, he, either way, he was going to be responsible one way or the other because he took his kid where he wasn't supposed to. But now he's living down there with his kid's dead body. I mean, yeah, it's a little odd. That if that doesn't fuck you up, I oh, am I allowed to say that? Yes, that doesn't mess fine. you up. <laughs> that doesn't mess you up. I mean, you're already dead inside as it is. But I mean, God, can you you lose your kid in a terrible way because I mean, you basically you've killed them and now you've consigned yourself to a life of living with this, you know, your kid's dead body down in this cave. Like, I don't know that that. That that'd be I don't know. That's a tough road to hoe. I don't. I don't it's know. A yeah, and I, I, I yeah. Go ahead, sorry. I think the idea is that he in the end of this that he retreats deeper into the woods. Yeah, once the fire breaks out, it's implied that he just he retreats deeper. You know, he just goes into Yellowstone proper. This doesn't take place in Yellowstone. This takes in this Shosha, in Shoshone, Shoshone, Shoshone. I thought it was Wyoming. Shoshone. Yeah, Shoshone. Thank you. Yeah, it takes place in Shoshone. That's where it's supposed to be, at least. So. He retreats evidently into Yellowstone. That's what I read. I don't. I don't think that's in the text. Of, that might not be in the text of the game. But yeah, he. I, it's an interesting question, right? I mean, he's not living. He may consider his son with the Earth now. Like he's in the cave. Maybe he can't get him out. Like, what am I going to do with this guy? I, how am I going to get him out? Right? You would think he would attempt at least to do something. But again, you're we're, we're trying to guess what the mind of somebody who. Probably is already struggling with some sort of you know mental issue, and we're just implying, we're guessing, you know, just based off of kind of the text again in the game. He may have just said he's with with the Earth now, and that's where he's going to be buried. I'm not going back there. I'm not going to hang out there next to him, but I'm just going to retreat to our bunker and and uh, but I can't go back because he wasn't supposed to be here anyway. And Delilah has that moment at the end where she's like. When she discovered, because she this is the first she learned about it, she just assumed he they left her and Ned, because she was aware that the kid was there, and she knew he's not the kid was not supposed to be there. Yeah, and she didn't. Yeah, she okayed it. She okayed it. So now she feels an intense amount of guilt for the passing of this child, which again, obviously not her fault per se. Her motivations were pretty pure in letting them stay there. But I could also see her being like, if I had said something, the kid would be alive, probably. But I didn't, and now they're dead. And drawing those lines, again, very real and very honest and, and very touching to, to have that Yeah, that really moment. showing you how your choices have consequences in a way. Like, you're trying to do the right thing, or you're, you know, like, okay, what's the big deal? But you're not realizing the dangers that were there, and how now you're responsible because you didn't do your job. And rules are yeah. for some time there for a reason, and and obviously this was one of those big reasons. Yeah, it's uh, super sad. Yeah, and it it it's, it's, it hits hard, and like everything. I think one of the I know one of the complaints with this game that people have is that like more of the ending, which I want to we'll get there soon. But like this was all part of it too. That there was no like villain. I think people were upset about that. I, I, there's a lot of videos complaining about the ending too with this game, complaining about stuff like that. I like it personally. I like everything about this game i like the story i like where it goes i mean find the kid like you also like with the stuff where delilah makes bad decision when it comes to the station i'll just burn it down burn everything like you know and then the guy records it <laughs> you know that whole stupid thing like let's start a fire okay that makes perfect sense and then the other part where like with delilah you have her i think there's some other trying to think, no I, my lost train of thought but yeah like she just she you know doesn't always make the best decision which makes sense i mean it's a person I lost track of where I was trying to go with that one. So no, now you find that you're you're basically saying how this game doesn't have an antagonist. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I like that personally. I think that yeah, it's 
I, I said it earlier. Good fiction should have an antagonist and a protagonist. That is the nature of fiction. You need something yes, to. But this is interaction against. fiction, so you can kind of have like the point of this game is the interaction of just you going through this and what he and what this character is going through. I mean, you I mean, could make. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Ian, please. Can the environment be the antagonist? I, mean, I was going to say yeah. that might be. Yeah, it could be your your mind is an antagonist because again, this is really oh, a story a about one. grief. And, but again, I could also see people listening to this and be like, you reaching assholes. Like, seriously, like the hey, mind is the antagonist. Like, I had more fun in my three hours running around this woods than I did running around Columbia with a gun shooting people. So, hey, there's that. <laughs> Does that count? Listen, he's baiting me, y'all. Listen, yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Have you ever listened to the show where I can play Bioshock Infinite for three hours? What episode is that, Mike? If people want to forget, but it's in there somewhere. Somewhere, somewhere. Just uh, search the archives for Bioshock Infinite. You can hear me complain about that game endlessly. <laughs> but no, every other episode honest, I'm on where he brings this it's up. Also, it's also because when I looked up a top 10 uh, first person adventure games, what, what this is essentially, Bioshock Infinite came up in that list, is number uh, in that list. And I'm like, <sighs> how dare you? How dare you? You mean sir? that 10 of 10 masterpiece? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I remember playing that after I got a, for whatever reason, played through Metal Gear Solid 2 right before that. And I was like, what the hell? How am I able to, like, make ice cubes melt and individually destroy bottles on the shelf? But like this, I shoot, you know, something and it's just a bullet hole in, like, you know, a plate. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's Years later. I, I can't. I can't. I just listen. It, it's I can't, I can't get into it. How much I, my, cool my disdain for that game runs strong because I yes, love Bioshock wonderful. so damn much. I love Bioshock so much. I can't get into it. <laughs> I've actually been in arguments with people. And now that that episode exists, I just point them to the episode. I said, I'm not going to argue with you about Bioshock Infinite. Here's my doctoral statement. Here's <laughs> three my, dissertation, my three hour dissertation with Mr. Mike Alberton and Mr. Joe Butler about what my thoughts on this morally bankrupt, stupid, stupid, not 0451 game is so so what you're saying is you have big feelings about it i oh, have yes. extremely big feelings right. about this game i have i can't i can't do this anymore <laughs> i'm so tired i'm tired of the argument but yes yeah, so i, you want to I gotta to bring me. it up when, it, when, it, when i can find a way to bring it up but to go back to firewatch like one thing we haven't talked about yet well, we talked a little bit about the music is i think the music is really good in this game to set the tone like i played this game completely with headphones in Sound on, no podcast, nothing else happening, just the game. And that's saying something for me. That is saying something. That's interesting. <laughs> like, I, interesting I was just that absorbed into it. Even when they were just walking from point A to point B, I didn't put a podcast on. I just listened to the sounds of the game and then whatever would happen. Because this would be a perfect podcast game. Like, I would actually get not give you grief for listening to something because it does have that kind of feeling where, you know, I'm walking through the woods. Let me throw on a I show. I was very like, absorbed. I was very yeah, absorbed into good. the game, it's, which yeah. I can't. I can't say all the time. Like, I mean, I would have easily beat this game in one sitting had I just not taken a two hour nap on my day off and played this game instead. I would have finished it in one sitting. I mean, I actually was like near the end, but then my wife was ready to get picked up. And I was like, yeah, if I if I say hey, I'll be there late, I got to finish a game. I would not have got a kind tech replied back. So, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> so I was like, I'll put this down and finish this later. I did that with Bioshock Infinite the first time I played it. It was the ending is a thousand years long. And I was like, hey, hon, I was I was dating my wife at the time and I was in New York and James like. Hey, let's meet up at the bar for a drink, like eight thirty, nine o'clock at night, something. And I'm like, Jame, I'm in, at the ending of this game. I, I got, I can't. I, I was late, and she's like, Why were you late? I'm like, Because I was watching the ending of the game. That was when I thought the game was good, and I, over over the time, over time, my opinion has soured. And uh, she was not not happy. She's like, You really, you were late for our date because of the game. <laughs> oh, I did that with Dead Space too. <laughs> See, that game deserves a talk. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess I've never played. I, think I was I was going through the 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 elementary school, and I was supposed to go to somebody uh, to a recital for a violin or something. And I was like, oh god, what's going on here? Oh my god! Then I finally got through there. I was like, oh god, look at the time. My friend <laughs> calling me. He's like, dude, you're so late. And I was like, I know, I know, I'm on my way. Zach, have you ever Zach, have you ever uh, missed out on an important event because of a video game? No. No, I, is it better man than I? I'm not trying hard enough. Not play video games. If I have to do something during by a certain time, I will not play video games the entire day almost. Fair. You, you know what? Smart. Smart. I'm afraid to actually get to anything <laughs> half an hour early, hour early, sometimes places. This is gonna you know sound what? super what we did, but yesterday I they had one of the the, the special, I don't know, like the Reggie Drago fight for Pokemon Go. And it was like I needed to get to the 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 gym at two o'clock, and I was playing Resident Evil Four Remake, and I was like, oh oh man, I gotta make it through this. I think I was battling the lake monster or whatever, and it gets to one fifty. I was like, ooh, I gotta go, or I'm gonna miss it. And I get you know finally beat at one fifty two. I was like, oh my god, I gotta go. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so there's my super dorky uh, contribution. <laughs> I love it. No, that's cool, Matt. Listen, I have I have two small children. I'm, we're never on time for anything. God's and I love being on time for things. I don't like being late. Same, but it we, bothers uh, me a lot. We, I can't stand being late for things, but boy, oh boy, are we late for everything because uh, kids don't care. They're just uh, busy picking their nose. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> anyway, back to the... And one other thing that yeah. I want to mention is like the ending of this game, how your job ends early because the fire get, is getting out of control. And like yeah. the whole lead up to it where you're like, I'm going to finally meet Delilah. I'm going to finally meet Delilah. And he's like, and she's like, I got to go. They're here. And he's like, wait, wait for me. And then I think she says, okay, and then she just hangs up on, you know, you get done talking while you're running there. And, like, I love that lead up of getting there, of getting on the trolley to get to where she's at, and then she's just not there. Yeah, she, like, left anyway. Because she never wanted to meet you in the first place. That's not what she was going for here. I mean, the point, you know, the <laughs> my cat is attacking my desk. Uh, but the point of what was happening was, like, you know, she, you were a voice. You weren't someone that she wanted to meet. You know, you were, like, you know, she said things to you. Because it's kind of like it felt reminding me of early Internet where you're talking to people. You might say things because you never think you're ever going to meet these people. That's impossible. You know, and that's what it really made me think of is that I whole idea. I mean, this is like Tinder before Tinder. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that idea. Like, you, you, him. <laughs> you make up you make up your own persona because like it doesn't matter. I know. Yeah. I don't think I took it that way. I, I took it more of a, a practical thing. She had to leave. The, the copter came and said, get on here. Come with me if you want to live. Arnold came out, put his hand out. Yeah. She grabbed it and then swooped him in. And she had to. But I also think that's interesting, Mike, because I think I think there's also, I think, a piece of that where, again, this is not a ro- romantic relationship. This is this. Obviously, he has a wife and he loves her very much and he's going through his thing. So this is set up very early that this is not going to become a romantic thing. I, I definitely think there are shades of that for sure. I honestly, though, for me, just in the text of the game was, Oh, she had to leave because the the rescuers came, and it's like, hey, I can't wait for your friend to come by. But but to your point, Mike, in that section, there is a dialogue tree where you have the opportunity to say, hey, let's not meet, or hey, let's meet up in Boulder. That is an option. If you select, yeah, hey, she, let's meet she, up in Boulder, she goes shoot you oh, down too. Kinda. She's like, ah, well, sh- sure, kind of like a Tinder thing. Okay, sure, that might be sure. Great, maybe. That's how I took it. And also because I happen okay. to be an idiot who met a girl at 13 over the internet that probably never thought I was going to meet me and then became my we had a kid together years later. So I think that also kind of goes along with it for me. 
Because she lied about a lot of stuff when we met, before we met online. When we met online, about who she was and things. Which was, you know, the thing, when you're 12 years old on the internet, in chat rooms. So that's that's how I took it. But that's why. It's more of a personal reason. Well, if they've got to come back and rescue you anyway, what the hell does it matter? Because you're going to her tower, so if they're picking her up at her tower, and you're headed towards the tower, there was clearly enough time to, to wait for you, but... You know, I, and I didn't really think about it as, oh, she just doesn't want to, you know, actually meet me. You were just a, an emotional crutch for what she's got going on. Yeah. You know, by meeting you would kind of ruin the illusion in a sense. Yeah. Because like, when you know, in this case where you don't see somebody, you know, and like, she, you know, you, she draws a picture of you at one point. Like everything, if she meets you, will, you know, squash that illusion of what you are. Yeah, beardy and white. I think that was <laughs> the extent of what she had uh, yeah. for that. Yeah, but yeah, um, man. I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna. I was just gonna ask it. Like in an emergency like that, like they wouldn't just take her straight home or anything. Wouldn't would they drop anyone they were rescuing at like one point? Couldn't they have met there? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. You would be that's dropped off at whatever point. the. Because she answers the radio. If you go to the radio in the house, she'll answer it. So she's somewhere with a connection to that radio. Even after she takes off? Yeah. If you okay. When you go in that room, she'll answer the radio. Oh, you're right. That's right. So she still has a connection of some sort. And that's an interesting point. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think, yeah. Huh. All right. I guess that's it, a good it doesn't, point. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense, but I think that's kind of what it was going on. I that's think I would have preferred it where she just doesn't, she's just not there. And that's, again, I think maybe to more your then point, Mike, is that the relationship was, was this radio situation that wasn't going to go anywhere else. And what they had together, the friendship they built over the radio was enough. And, and it just, and it just ends. The game just ends. And I think that's, I think since there really is no strong narrative conclusion, there's no, like, this is the end. That I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. It I does. like this ending okay. I don't think it's wonderfully successful at what it tries to do, but I, I personally fine. really like it. I like the okay. fact that nothing really happens. You just get to there and she's not there and you're and you're upset. Because it also is kind of like you can kind of see like throughout the talk that you know he's almost trying to make more of this because he's trying to figure out what to do with his life. And in the classic words of Steven still love the one you're with. If you can't be with the one you love, honey. And that's what I was thinking in here too, <laughs> because it, it kind of is that sense. Like, you know, and again, normal human nature, you know, if somebody like he does love his wife, but because of her situation, you know, he's going to look at different things. But like, if you want to talk about how there's no strong, maybe, Oh, how do I want to try this? There wasn't like a, a major narrative overall arch. Maybe this was just a, a, a look at two months of this guy's life. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like sometimes, and again, going back to being a, a goalie that has ADHD, sometimes I'll, I, I've, I've wondered, especially after watching too much TV, like, oh my gosh, I wonder like at one point during my day or my month or my year or whatever, like, is there like an opening theme song? Like, oh, there's something wacky that just happened. Now it's time for a theme song before we get to the, you know, whatever issue I'm going to face is. And maybe it's just, you know, that's what that what this part was. Is here's a two month window of this guy's life. This is just what he's doing. You know, what happens after doesn't really matter because this is just the here and the now 
And once it's done, it's done. And I guess maybe sometimes that's a good thing because then if we wanted to go back and continue to to look at it, that's when you start to get terrible sequels to things. And it's like, oh, here's you know, his yeah. life sure. next summer. Is he with Delilah? Does his wife have her memory? And it's like, well, okay, maybe we don't need that much information. Maybe we just know what happened to him then and we extrapolate from there. To me, that's not always the most satisfying thing because it's like, well, I just want you to tell me what the hell happened. I don't want to try and figure it out because I'm not good at that sort of thing. Mm. Just tell me, did he, did his wife or his life wind up okay? Did his wife come back to him? Did he, you know? I can tell you no. (laughs) I I, I mean, to be fair, the way dementia works, you don't get better. When you're that, when you're at that point that she's at, you're in getting near late stage. You never, you're not, you you don't get better in the first place. It's just a slow progress. Of, do we want to watch that part of his life unfold no. in the next I mean, you game don't, where it's like, oh, God, this is now real depressing. You don't want to see that. I mean, I've seen it because of my line of work, and you don't want to see that. Like, I mean, the average lifespan of someone with dementia or Alzheimer's, I think, is 20 years, I want to yeah. say. It's not long, and, like, you aren't yourself by the end of that. I mean, in the end, you're just trying to make the person comfortable. So, yeah, I mean, you don't need to see any more of what happens with her, like, because yeah, it, won't, it, wouldn't be, it won't be pretty. I mean, like, that's yeah, basically uh, you just go and play My Dragon Cancer or whatever that yeah, game I was just, was. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got to play that one there, too. Play My Dragon Cancer and just sob. That's <laughs> what you can do with your life. But, <laughs> oh, but, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I'm glad that there, I mean, I'm glad there's, you know, like, this is just a one-story thing. But, no, one of the complaints was that the ending just was kind of anticlimactic. But I think not meeting her makes more sense, in my opinion. Yeah. I yeah, like the fact I think, that Yeah. Her. And I think it's actually good, too, because I, I think that piece of it is successful. Just what Mike said, you know, you nailed it pretty, pretty much on the head. I think it's, yeah, I just, I would have just liked there to be for me, not a finality to it, but I feel like emotionally it's on this emotional cliffhanger that I'd love to have a little more rope on just a little more. And again, that's why I don't think this is a bad ending at all. I don't, I don't think this is even a disappointing ending. I, I just, we, I wanted a little more to, to lean on than the dangle that I got. I felt like I was kind of really left dangling on this precipice, but you're right. Like any good short fiction, it, it's aim small, miss small. And we've, we've now had the summer, well, not the summer. It's only a few days. We're at day 79, I think is when, when, when the shit hits yeah. the fan, it's like yeah. 70 or 80. So you figure you're about two and a half months in. So you've, they've been on a journey already. They've spent two and a half months connecting and, and having this relationship. You're right. We don't need to see, the after effects of his wife. We don't need to have them have a teary reunion at a bar in Boulder at the bar. They both love at Boulder. No, you, they, don't they, need you don't need, you don't need that. And I think that would have been a huge disservice. And I think that would have been a shame. Like um, you don't need but, to see him move on because I mean, to be honest, that's no. what's going to happen is he's going to yes. have to move on with his life because he is younger. And like, you know, if he just stays with her and like cares for her the rest of his life, he's you know going to resent her. Maybe he'll pull it. He'll pull a sound. He'll too and get a pillow. You know, like that whole idea, you know, it's like you don't want like, unfortunately, when, you know, in that case, most people are going to move on because that's what you kind of have to do. And if you want to dig a little, I just again, this is more of just like a mental extrapolation. This is not in the text of the game, but you can even also say that maybe Henry has learned that life is going to be full of these things and you can't always just run away because she encourages him. It's like you should go see her 
go see your wife. Like when this is over, I would really encourage you to go see her. Who cares what her parents think? Screw them. You're the one that took care of her for all these years. If that's a choice you made, of course, in the opening of the game. You did. Well, also, we can like, you know what? This makes more sense. She'll have a better way of life. I see. That's it. You work in the damn field. field. Uh, Me, I'm Mr. Like, I can take care of her and knowing full well, I would that would be a disaster as it does as, as it is in the game. But I maybe he learns at this point, you know, I can't run forever from these problems because a new problem is just going to show up like this fire. No one expected his wife. His, they never expected his wife to get dementia, right? They never expected. And just like you never expect a forest fire to happen, you know, in the middle of this national park, you know, expect to have some dude stalking you, hitting you on the head with things and knocking you unconscious because their son fell off down down a ravine you know, five or six years beforehand. Like all these crazy things that happen happen because life is crazy. And maybe he grows up a little bit and realizes let's meet these things head on. So that's my hope for, that's my hope for Henry. I don't know if that's going to happen obviously, but it doesn't matter because we've now had our thematic close. Like we've closed the loop on the stuff that really the game is trying to say. I think in that part, it is successful. Um, I just wanted, I just, I don't know. And I, I'm having a hard time verbalizing why didn't quite hit as successfully for me as I think it would have liked. But I, think I, I just think wanted, wanted more little, of a wrap up pro- of a story. Maybe, um, but I'm, I'm so into these ambiguous things. You know what I mean? I, I always, yeah. I do. I like having these thought exercises of how you, you know, like Scarlett Johansson leading guys to goo. So, Hey, yes, I, I absolutely. How could I not? Who doesn't mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as a movie under the skin? It's a, uh, we recently oh. recorded an episode on under the skin. <laughs> I make uh, a lot of inside jokes like this. So. He makes a lot of inside jokes, especially when I'm on because I, I profess my enjoyment of these strange, weird movies and strange, weird games. I don't know. I, I think, I think it was more successful, less successful for me the first time around. Maybe, maybe you're right, Mike. I, maybe I was just looking for something a little more finite. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, just because you, but it's you not want a bad ending. Some, but it's stretch. Yeah. not about that. So that's what I, I mean. That's my whole take. But before we go on to our last thing, I do have a couple uh, questions, comments, and memories I did get from a couple groups. So I'll just read those quick. Hey, go for it. From the I watched the entire Obla Super replay group from Nabil as a. I love this game. Played in April 2020 and still don't really want to have my own. And I still really want to have my own little world in a Firewatch Tower. From Joshua Novellis. Funny thing, I literally just finished replaying this on a whim last night. My first playthrough was right at, right after it released, less than two months after I'd gotten married. Having that immediate real-life connection to my own love and commitment really made the prologue and the entire narrative hit hard. And the rest of his comment, every part of this game is firing all cylinders. Sean Vammon's writing, Ali Moss's artwork, Chris Remo's score, and the voice acting are all incredible. And they compliment each other, never stealing the spotlight from the rest of the production. It's easily my top 25 games of all time. You, you nailed every point. I mean, there's That's high praise. Hard, yeah, hard to argue with a lot of that. Absolutely. And from the official Laser Time community group from LC Williams, this game is my entire reason for going PS4. It looked gorgeous, and it was I thought I was getting to a hiking simulator, but turned out to be a very enjoyable experiment in paranoia and light horror. Very memorable game that I too need to replay. Okay. From Reet Leach, also try Journey. It's the best PS3. Fight me, since it's been ported to everything. Journey is amazing. Journey Journey is a that, almost a religious experience. Yeah, Journey is... Uh, I've thought about doing it for the show, but I don't know how it's, cool. I, it's like, yeah. Just I, a, I, yeah. I'll, I'll put myself on the list for that one already. Uh, okay. Yeah. Journey is, uh, is again, one of those top-tier almost religious experience and to to whoever it was who said that it was like a light horror there is some junior horror in this 
for sure. There's some very tense moments in the caves. It it's definitely mm-hmm. has shades of that, especially when the the game is trying to ramp up the the subterfuge of the main story with you know the, him getting knocked out and him you know the base and everything else. Which again, once you find out what the base is there for, it's like oh, of course it is. It's not it's not an alien site. It's there to there to study wind patterns and ecology. Like that's what that's for. And they just set up shop because they're the government. They can just pop up anywhere. Come on in. It's fine. Before we continue on, though, I definitely want to get Zach's opinion on the ending. And Mike, you oh, can yes. just do, do a little extra work. You can just cut this piece out. Just oh, paste it after my comments. And then... That's more work I than I want to do. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I could. Yes. Yeah, so that's fine. <laughs> Zach, what, did you, what was your take on the ending? I definitely want to catch your, uh, your, your point of view on it. I, I really... I did want to meet Delilah. But at the same time, when I said I would try to hurry back, I was like, I kept getting lost on the trails and like there's, even if there was a ending where you did meet her, I I feel like it would have, like, even if, I don't know how to say it, lost my train of thought there for a minute. If it would have met your expectations? No, like if you told her, if there was like a timer running down, that would kind of suck. And then I, I kept running into so many obstacles and like being i probably would have been late anyways kind of thing yeah i didn't meeting her either like she was just probably trying to keep dude's head in the game at the same time but she did draw that like picture i kept looking around the thing and uh her little hut and and then that's when i thought was like i was wondering where the the rescuers were taking everybody like there had to have been a meetup spot or i don't know it was just i was fine with it that's a very good point because you're right because they do make they make the statement we're gonna have to answer a lot of questions you know we're gonna have to explain what happened here right and and she spends like these amount of time preparing henry for this yeah right aren't they gonna all end up in the same base you know like i think they're it not was gonna more scatter of, him about maybe i don't know he, again he wanted to definitely. see her in the isolation part of it when they get back when they get when the, when the helicopter picks them up they are no longer in the same world, essentially. Like, whatever they had is gone because yeah. they are no. Yeah, yeah. They are now with other people. They are now outside of this place. It's kind of in a sense. So, and I think that's an interesting point Zach brought up was they're they're probably eventually going to meet in the aftermath of this, right? At yeah. some point, briefly, right? Like, oh hi, oh there you are. Oh wow, you are white and you do have a beard. Wow, I nailed your picture. But you know it's not going to be what they have. You know it's just going to be probably extremely awkward. And that'll be probably their only interaction is having to recount what happened during this very strange summer in 1980-whatever it was. So it's an interesting point. Oh, what are the comments that you got from like Facebook and stuff about being a hiking simulator? I found in the extras that there was a free roam. Did anybody use uh, play in that? I did not. I did not mess about with the free room. I didn't even was is the is there a free room? I, I didn't realize. Yeah, it's, it's in the new part of the it's patch. under special features. Oh, okay. I probably oh it's okay. I just didn't go into special features then. Okay. I was after Zach had brought it up, then I went and looked myself, but I'm very much of a type that once I beat a game, it's uninstalled pretty damn quickly and just I move on. But that's part of the nature when I do. play in it for a little bit and I, I replay games like my favorite games all the time, so I might have to go through that. Man. Also, yeah. Did anybody when when you see Henry's feet, does it look like his shoes are on backwards or are on the wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I didn't notice. I didn't look at his feet ever. I never looked you down. See his feet all the time when he's like rappelling down or when he's oh, like. Oh yeah, I never jumping. paid attention to his feet though. When he's jumping down a thing from a ledge, you can see his feet all the time. I don't know. Yeah, I gotta look for that. I gotta look for that, Zach. I have no idea. That's so funny. Used so much that they were just fa- his toes were facing upwards. That's funny. I have no idea. That's a very good question. And I have a few more comments to read from oh, Dan. Well, oh, no, you're good. No, it was good to have that in there. Uh, from Dan Monroe, one of the best explorations of loneliness I played in a game. It's been a handful of years since I played it, but it really left an impression on me. Mm-hmm. And from Brian Smirk, I love playing the game. The art is amazing. The story was gripping. Again, from Reet Leach, amazing game. The way it uses your expectation to crush you at the end is well earned. From Todd Harrison, yeah, the opening was sad. And I have one more group to read from the Giant Bomb group. From John Leftwich, I'm still mad that the Valley of Gods got canceled, which I think is the game that they were working on after this. Yeah. So we they got acquired by Valve, and then Valve flipped the team and sent them off to different projects. So if they you don't get acquired by Valve, that's got to be like the greatest day of your life and the worst, because you have to understand you no longer have control over anything you're doing anymore. Like you are now at the whim of Gabe and... Because that in the Valley of the Gods game looked amazing. And especially after this one, I was so jacked to go and get it or to, to finally play something new from them. And yeah, just nothing. That's too bad. I, I didn't even know they were working to exist. Else, but. Yeah, they they don't have anything. I just looked up their uh, their company. Nothing else. This is Firewatch and uh, yeah. Valley of Gods. There's nothing, nothing else. Because the guy that wrote this apparently went on to work on Half-Life Alex. That's okay. cool, though. No, it's too bad that they didn't get to make more. Because I, I, after playing this, if the other game existed, I would have loved to play it. Do you I mean, I realize yeah. what we're just saying? That Valve acquired an entire studio just to get the writer to work on Half-Life Alex. Did they really <laughs> just acquire this entire... No. Valve's weird like that, though. Valve, you know, we all complain about Microsoft and, so, and all these other companies. But Valve is really like this little weird mini evil empire. It's like I'm telling you, Valve is is portal. It's def- it's freaking arbiter. I'm telling you, they that is what Valve feels like to me. Gabe equals Cave Johnson. That's that's my <laughs> hot take for the day. Uh, okay, that is fair. It's just like, yeah, nefarious. That co- that company is such a black hole too. Like people complain one, oh man, Left 4 Dead two came out right on the heels of Left 4 Dead one. Okay. And then they just stopped making games because they were that, you know, upset about people saying that. It's like, oh, you want more? Well, fine. We're not going to give you anything. You complained once. <laughs> yeah. You get you get nothing. It's just a weird culture. I don't know. Not to get off on a side thing. But, but hey, yeah. they stay in business somehow. I mean, they I mean, Steam. I think you make Steam, all their money yeah. they need. That's kind yeah. of all the money they need. Yeah. I, I'm part of I'm part of that problem. I'm donating yep. to them all the time. We're all, <laughs> we're games all part of the problem. We're all part of the problem. And from the a few other from John from the Giant Bomb group from Jonas Cabrera, one of the best games I played. Kind of wish the ending was a bit more happier or not so open ended, which I I personally like that. From Andrew Hunt, I love Firewatch. I had just gotten out of the Air Force and had nothing else to do while waiting to move home to go to college. I had also just gotten into hiking at the time. So it was fun to kind of combine both of my hobbies. It was a sad game, but helped me deal with starting a new chapter in my life. Okay. Oh, that's cool. I like that. That's cool. And then last one I'm going to read from Destiny Caudill. I enjoyed Firewatch so much. I played it twice to see how choices would alter the conversations. I don't have a whole lot to say on it, but I thoroughly enjoyed the growing relationship between the characters. And it's just kind of sad too the way it starts and ends. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was nice how much this game made people feel a lot. And that's, I think, a very important part of a game. Yeah. It's kind of nice to have something like that that, you know, isn't just shoot things. <laughs> that we cover on this show. All right. And oh, that brings us to our last segment, Shelf Stacker Box. But before we go, that I do want to give out a code because I have too many damn Steam codes. I need to get rid of some. Uh, let me get my notepad out. Hang happen. on a second. 
So let's see if I have anything that, that fits. Here's something that can fit. System Shock 2. Here's a free code for System Shock 2. Uh, it's a Steam code. The code is 02628JF8MTJZCEC. That is a Steam code for System Shock 2. I've been sitting on it for a very long time, so. It's a, it's a, it's a, I think everyone, if you, if you've listened to this and you download that, I think it's definitely worth uh, downloading. Just be aware. It's a very hard t- game to go back to. <laughs> it's a, it's a toughie to go back to, but um, if you're willing to go through early PC, early, I guess, 2000 era PC games, then there's a lot to love. It's, it's very good. I gotta play it one day for this podcast. I have it's to. It's great. It's good. It's real good. Uh, it's, uh, it's again. It's just tough to go back to with modern eyes. But if you can get oh, to like, Deus Ex, and it, it's if you can do Deus Ex, then you can do System Shock too. I think. Okay, I haven't done. Um, I played Deus Ex, but it was on the PS2, and that was a while ago. Deus Ex. See, well, I gotta play the PC version one day. All right, I'll bring us to Shelf Stacker Box. And what about you, Bill? Um, I'm gonna throw this on the shelf. You know, I was very close to a stack. Certainly not the. Certainly not the the box, but. I'm going to throw this on the shelf. I, I think this game hits 95% of what it aims to do. I Again, when when I play this, the first time I, last time I played this before this recording, I my son wandered into the, the room. My son is, at the time, I guess he was five at the time. He's now almost seven. And I was doing computer work. And he's like, Daddy, throw a, throw a game on. You know, they're playing some games. So I throw on Firewatch because it's just a walk through the woods. And we will sat down for like 10, 15 minutes and he was marveling at it. And we just kind of walked through the woods. And he goes, what happens in this game? And I'm like, I'm not going to tell him about the dead child and the al- and the dementia and everything else. But I'm like, we just walk through the woods and there and things happen. And he was entranced. And I so I always hold that memory. And because of that memory, I'm going to put it on the on the shelf. But it's also extremely successful at everything it aims to do. And, and I think this is one of those tentpole walking sim style games. If you're interested in the genre, then this is one of those must play experiences. And it's quick. You can get through it in about three to five hours if you're slow like me and you get lost a lot. Five. But uh, yeah, I think it's definitely a uh, yeah, that's on the shelf. OK. And since I say this every so often, shelf means something you really like, stack means something in the middle, and box means something you dislike. I'll go next. I'm also going to put them on the shelf, too. I had a great time playing this. I don't need to play this game again for another five years or so, but I definitely could see myself playing this again. It's just so much fun. I still highly recommend this to people all the time because it's just such a cool game that I think people need to experience. And I'm, and it really hit me this time, and that was that was nice. I mean, it was nice feeling it, but it was it was. I like when games can make me feel. Go on the shelf. And what about you, Ian? Uh, I, since I literally have this sitting on my shelf, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's staying there. I, I play it every once in a while and it's just, I don't know, just the art is really nice. Just being able to kind of walk around low stakes. I mean, I, I like this game so much that I bought like official art that's framed in our dining room from Campo Santo. I have a, a Firewatch t-shirt that I picked up at PAX West. Yeah. I mean, this, this game brings back a lot of good memories and I don't know there's just a lot of a lot of good things about it that it, it does have its its pitfalls but I think all you know all really good art does so yeah uh, I I highly recommend playing it okay and what about you Zach I might not have replayed it if it wasn't for this podcast <laughs> I I might put it on the shelf cuz after finding out about the free roam and having so much fun with the map and stuff I might play it more no. Okay. I'm always glad when I can bring people to, you know, try out a game that you might not expect. Like, that's one thing that 
I love about doing this show is that it got me to play things that I wouldn't have played. And it got other people to play things that they might have never played. And sometimes some of those experiences have been terrible because you replay a game you love and realize hey, it didn't age well. <laughs> so, you know, there's that too. But I'm glad. Right. And next week, I'm going to be talking about Kingdom Hearts 2. So tune in for next week so you can hear all about that. I will do that because I still don't know what that game's about. <laughs> I don't either. And I just beat it yesterday. And I got no fucking idea what the hell's going on. But I got... It's me and another guy who's never really played the series before that are going through it with two people who know the whole series. So they kind of, yeah, it's been a, we're, we did the first one, we did Chain of Memories, now we're on two, then we're doing two more later this year because I got the bug to do more. I, you know, I, 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 I don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts other than it's like Disney and role-playing game. And I think there's some Final Fantasy stuff in there. Yep, there and is. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I'd want to play a Disney game, role-playing game. I just don't. Two people love it. Is one of the best PS2 games I've probably ever played. Yeah. And I, like even if you weren't in the Disney thing, like something about Kingdom Hearts 2 is a fantastic game. Like I don't understand it. Like one is it kind brings of brings up the really good dark elements of Disney movies and properties. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, I yeah. <laughs> That's all I can. But well, there's some there's some odd games in the series, and I I yeah, I have a lot to go, but I know another the PSP one that people freaking love Birth by Sleep. So I, I I'm not trying to dunk on it. I know nothing about it, so I can't I just find the those who do dunk on Kingdom Hearts very funny. <laughs> I just think it's just from a meme perspective, it's very it makes me laugh. Oh, but I know nothing bonkers. about it. And and uh and uh yeah, I don't know. I think I've limited amount of time. If Firewatch has taught me anything, I've limited amount of time on this planet. <laughs> I don't think I have the bandwidth or space for Kingdom Hearts. But I'm if you dig it, I love you know, hey, games my mom found coming up soon, Kingdom Hearts 2. This is the podcast to listen to, not mine. <laughs> I've had people ask me about my show, like, are you ever gonna do like Kingdom Hearts? I'm like, look, look. I can barely get through Zelda. Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> that's a hell of a now. Game, I haven't played have, all the Zelda games yet. So. I have to. I have to. I'd have to play like all of them, wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. And you still wouldn't understand what the hell's going on. So yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, quick side before we wrap this up. But like for Kingdom Hearts, what we're doing because I have the two guys I talked to. There's Kingdom Hearts One, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memory, Kingdom Hearts Two, three hundred fifty-eight by two days. Then there is uh, Kingdom Hearts Recoded. Then there's the Kingdom Hearts movie we have to watch, which is part of one of the kind of like a, it comes up to Kingdom Hearts 3 and there's Birth by Sleep, the PSP game. Then there's Back Chapter 2, which is something to do with about the PSP game that kind of leads into Kingdom Hearts 3 that we have to play. And then there's Dream, Doc, Dream Drop Distance we have to play. And there's also Chain of Code or Chain of Memories Recoded, the P, the remake of it we gotta, we're going to cover too because there's some different things in that one. Then there's Kingdom Hearts 3, Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC, and then Melody of Memories. So, yeah. Oh, that's it? That's it. I know that made no sense at all, and that was the point of that joke. So, but yeah, that's everything that <laughs> for that damn series that we're talking about doing. So, it's a lot of fucking Kingdom Hearts stuff. It's a it's a monster to try to tackle it. Like it makes no sense. It's a beast of a series, mm-hmm. and it's and it doesn't it stays in all the different systems. That's like I never I I played one, I played two, and then I skipped everything else. And you can't go from one, two to three. Like you have to play the other stuff before three, or you won't have any idea what the hell's going on. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good fucking luck. All right, and Bill, where we'll find you at? Oh, I uh, I do a little podcast entitled "A Gamer Looks at 40. Uh, thank you, Mike Alberton, for always plugging oh, yeah. the show and your and your never uh, never ending and ever um, ever present support. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, if you enjoy, if you have a nostalgia for games, it's Nostalgia Fest. It's the uh, oral history of games is told through the stories and recollections of the everyday people who lived it, and it's uh, just a collection of of sort of. Uh, 
basically these kind of like mini Kembers documentary style episodes about different topics and games, all told from the perspective of the people who lived it. Um, it's getting to the heart and soul of gaming as opposed to nuts and bolts when the show is firing in all cylinders. We're in the midst of a series. I'm not sure when this is going to air, but next we're week. in the midst next week up. And we are in the midst of a Zelda's done. The Zelda series that took seven months is now completely done. If you like <laughs> The Legend of Zelda, then you have 19 episodes worth of stuff to listen to. And if you if you like Final Fantasy, then starting hopefully in August, you're going to have probably another 20 episodes of stuff to listen to with our next big series. But right now you were doing I'm doing a series of interviews with different content creators and other interesting people. I'll announce this here. I like announcing new episodes. <laughs> I haven't announced yet here on this very program. Um, what would you say, Mike Alberton, is the worst cover art for a video game in, in history? Ooh, any, any, anybody, anybody, Alex, any, Super Nintendo. Alex, old guy okay. playing a banjo. Yeah. What about what about oh, that you? That was uh, Darius Rift or whatever the hell that was. I think it was yes. Phalanx. Isn't it? Phalanx is title the game, but it's like Darius or Gradius. Yeah. One of those no, what about the you? The correct answer is the original Mega Man. I thought okay, about so that, but that's too. The original Mega Man is, is on there. Mega Man 2 is also considered to be on that scale. I have an interview with the, the artist who drew Mega Man 2. Oh, and we're nice. Gonna talk, we're going to talk. We talk about the. Uh, and this interview already happened. I have to do a part two with him, but we talk about how he drew, the, how he got what? the gig to do the art and talk about his history before he became a video game box artist. He is an accomplished artist. He did like Tengen Tetris and Strider and Afterburner and Space Harrier. He's a fascinating dude to talk to. So that is so coming. Does he know what Mega Man even looks like? Or do they just give him like a vague <laughs> impression? Of- I will I will tell you the story. I, I, this will be a spoiler for those who listen this far into Mr. Alberton's show. He... Whenever he has never played a video game in his life, uh, he's done hundreds of covers and he's never done it. It was just a gig. And when he was in California during the Silicon Valley boom, when all that was going on in the late eighties, he would just get contract work and he would sit there with the developer and ask them questions about the game. And sometimes he would see it. He would see the game and he would see it and someone's playing it and he'd ask questions for Mega Man two. He never saw it because it was this weird game from Capcom and he never even saw a screenshot. And so he was just talking with salespeople about this game and the salespeople had never played it because they just brought it in from Japan. So he literally had zero information on it. It was a blue guy who shot things and they asked him, he's like, so what does he shoot things from? And they're like, I don't know, a gun, I guess. So he's like, all right, I'm going to do a gun. And he did it in a week. <laughs> and, and to his point, he, and this is again, part of the whole interview. He says, he's like, it's not, yes, he drew it. But it had to go through a lot of quality control yeah. and made it onto a box. Like a lot of people at Capcom looked at it, signed off, they paid him, you know. And so he has spent a lot of time after the fact kind of setting the record straight on this uh, on this v- hated box art. That's Again, it's people in the, it's the, it's the 80s. They didn't give a shit. They're like, who cares? Just, just sell it. Sell it because no one thought Mega Man 2 would become, you know, the, one of the most popular games on the NES and probably the, the best 8 bit NES uh, Mega Man game, you know, selling millions and millions of copies. No one thought that was going to happen. It was just this weird thing they brought in from Japan. So, but still, listen to the interview. He's a, he's a really fascinating guy, and uh, that episode should be out next month, I believe. So, okay. 
that's the kind of stuff we're doing right now. And if you at home or in your car or wherever have an interesting video game story, maybe you are positively or negatively affected by video games in your everyday life. Maybe you have an intense fandom. Reach out to me on Twitter at a gamer looks at 440. I'd love to tell your story. All people what are if, welcome. So what if we want to talk about Delilah? Can we do that? You can <laughs> listen. If Delilah is like a super fan of Kingdom Hearts, that might be the connective tissue that would get me to maybe mention that on this show. Uh, if you if you if you can swing it, I don't know. I'll talk to Delilah. I'll talk to anybody. I can, <laughs> Hey, Delilah. I just happy that I finally got to mention that thing and find out I wasn't the only one. <laughs> it makes me happy. It wasn't just a Milwaukee thing. I really thought it was. <laughs> All she great. made everyone feel like home. <laughs> I hated it. I always skipped it. I changed the channel immediately. All right. And if you enjoyed this episode, there are a ton of other episodes. You can find everything on Podbean. Just go on our website. Game time off on Podbean. Just type in. Because thankfully, you can just search anything. Bat- type in Batman, Star Wars, Bioshock. You'll find episodes of what we do on, on each of that content. So anything you're curious about, just type it in. There's over 450 episodes of this podcast currently out. So there's a lot of content. We do movies, comics, TV seasons, all sorts of whatever the hell I can find people to talk with about with me. So <laughs> that's essentially how it goes. So definitely go check that out. Want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Free. You can follow her on TikTok. She is TikTok famous. She has over 100K followers. So definitely go give her another follow if you listen to the show. Help, help her out. And tell her I sent you. <laughs> so go check her out. And if you want to support the show, we do a Patreon for Little's Dog. You vote in our Patreon poll. We have one every month. The current one is sequel movies Mike has never seen. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, Back to the Future 2, Ghostbusters 2016, and Resident Evil Damnation. So you can go vote for as little as a dollar. You see the link in the show notes. We do have a Discord. Please join our Discord and chat with us. You see a link in the show notes to that, too. And we will see you guys. Oh, please follow Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube audio only, but we are on YouTube. And we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.